Welcome everyone to Downton Gabby, Life After Downton, and Life After Summer. I hope you all had a fabulous summer. We did, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, and now we're back with our podcast. On this episode, we are going to do a little Downton check-in to see what's up with all of our Downton regulars, what they're working on. Then we're going to talk about the upcoming Emmy Awards. We're going to be talking about our favorite lady actresses and lady shows and who we hope is going to take home an Emmy. And then to finish things off, we're going to be talking about some fabulous things, shows and movies and other things we're excited about for the fall and a few things we got excited about over the summer. I'm Teresa in Brooklyn. I'm Brandy in Los Angeles. I'm Shannon in fabulous Oakland because it's going to be a fabulous podcast. Back to work. Okay, so let's check in with Lady Mary first because I'm actually like really missing having some Michelle Dockery in my life. Well, and also because Lady Mary always comes first. So we should yes, put her always. first. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess we're going to have to wait until November for good behavior, which we've talked about before. Do you think that um, they, like, didn't have the right wigs for certain scenes, so they're having to reshoot <laughs> them? Because it feels like that trailer came out forever ago. Forever ago, right? And that's a little weird. Uh, I re- I thought that was going to be a summer show. Felt like a summer spy, dark, whatever. You know, anything with wigs. Yeah. I'm like, it's a summer show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so November feels like a weird time. For it to premiere, except for that probably a lot of shows will be uh, going into winter reruns around then, so maybe they'll be able to sort of, you know, pick up on some of that, and some fall shows will be getting canceled and, and such. So I hope that it's a good sign and not a bad sign that they're waiting until November to premiere it. Um, and then also she is going to be in a Western coming up on Netflix, which I'm actually way more excited about because just like, you know, we already love Lady Mary on horseback. <laughs> we do. A stride. And I lo- I just love the idea of her kind of like getting dirty and, you know, I always wanted her to fuck a cowboy. Oh, That's right. Your dream's going to come true. Oh, she's going to make good on, on her promise to her dad. That's nice. To her dad and me, we'll both be happy the first time Lady Mary fucks a cowboy. Yeah. Yeah, I love westerns and I love Lady Mary, so I'm pumped. So the show's called Godless. It will be on Netflix. I don't think there is a premiere date yet, but I assume that means we'll be able to binge all of it at once whenever the beautiful day does arrive. And by the way, Steven Soderbergh is the producer, so that's cool. So Michelle Dockery also teased a Downton Abbey movie in Vanity Fair. She said, as they say vaguely, I think there is potential for a Downton Abbey film. That is something I would wholeheartedly consider. So we will see. It may not be over yet. Okay. I feel like that's kind of what Julian's stance has been too, but that everybody's got to like do other projects first before they'll think about coming back. Or a studio hasn't copped up the money yet. (laughs) Either one. But if I played Lady Mary, I would love to come back and play Lady Mary. She's such a fun character. She is such a fun character. I'm sure that the Dowager Countess wouldn't be in it, though, is my guess. Yeah, I feel like uh, she's done. (laughs) Yeah. Maggie Smith doesn't want to come back and do that again. You know, when we first uh, saw the Emmy nominations, I tweeted that it was the last time she would be able to skip the ceremony. (laughs) You know, she just, 
I, I think she's over anything like that and ready for her retirement. So the Dan Stevens IMDb watch has him coming out with several films. Uh, so in 2016, he's in a film called The Ticket, another one called Norman, The Moderate Rise and Tragic Fall of a New York Fixer. That stars Richard Gere. Something else called Colossal. Uh, something called Redivider. He is in Legion, which is a part of the Marvel Universe. He plays David Haller, the lead character in Legion. We already know he plays the Beast in Beauty and the Beast. And then he plays uh, Will in a film called Permission. And those last three come out in 2017. I mean, I feel like we've been talking about this Beauty and the Beast movie for eight years. So I really can't wait to see it. So anyone that wants to see Robert Bathurst, the actor who played the fabulous Anthony Strallen, should check out a new mystery show called Agatha Raisin, which stars Ashley Jensen, who you may remember from HBO's Extras or from Catastrophe as the blonde bobbed frenemy. The show is fun. It's like a Miss marple show. But anyway, he's in the very first episode and he's pretty awesome. Agatha Raisin can be seen on Acorn TV, and you can get a free month on Acorn if you want to watch it. Great. I love, I love it when people like that pop up and stuff. So good job, character actors, for continuing to work. All right, so let's move on to our main event here, which is um, our judgment, scorn, joy, hopes, and dreams for the upcoming Emmy Awards, which air on September 18th. Uh, in which I'm sure we will be live tweeting and live drinking during. I prefer drinking live to any other option. And what drinking. what are you going to be drinking out of? Our, my Downton Gabby <laughs> glass, of course. Of course. We still have some, right? <laughs> if anybody wants their own Downton Gabby drinking companion. We definitely yes. still have some. So if anybody wants their own Downton Gabby drinking companion, you can go to downtongabby.tumblr.com and click on the menu item that says buy. So this is the last year that Downton Abbey qualifies for Emmy nominations, but it might qualify for an Oscar one day. But anyway, um, so the show is nominated for a whopping 10 Emmys uh, for drama series, supporting actress Maggie Smith, writing for Julian, directing cinematography, casting, production design, hairstyling, costumes and sound mixing so uh it's nominated in all of those categories i'm just kind of annoyed that maggie smith was once again nominated for an emmy and nobody else in the show was nominated yeah that is weird like this could have been phyllis logan's year right and not that we don't of course love maggie smith but you know phyllis logan would show up on the red carpet wearing something fabulous and she's just maggie smith's not even gonna go Vulture said that um, the uh, Downton Abbey actors were treated like the Crawleys treat Edith. They've been totally ignored. (laughs) Yeah, people are kind of done with it. I mean, it's not just them. It's the same thing with, like, the modern family people that keep getting nominated year after year. You get to a certain point and people are just done with you. It happens to any show that becomes, like, a kind of a legacy nomination. It's really too bad because this was a stronger season than the last couple that were nominated. But, you know, say la vie. I'd like to, to see them win for hairstyling. Incorporating the sparkly headband sort of thing. <laughs> 
Well, and let's talk about lead actress in a drama then, because uh, Michelle Dockery was not nominated this year. But uh, we this is a category that's kind of interesting because we do have a couple sort of of those legacy nominations I was talking about, but also Carrie Russell for The Americans finally made it in. Um, I I feel like I'm rooting for her, but really, like, I would also love to see Tatiana Maslany. Um, this is her second nomination in this category, I believe. Uh, but this last season of Orphan Black I thought was really, really good. So I would love to see that. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, though. I think it'll come down to maybe Robin Wright again, or the other nominations are Claire Danes for Homeland, Legacy, Viola Davis for How to Get Away with Murder, She's Wonderful, and Tragedy B. Henson for Empire, obviously, also amazing. I would kind of like Tatiana Maslany to win. I mean, every fangirl and boy would absolutely lose their minds if she did, but... Yeah, sci-fi shows are always underdogs for unfair reasons, but she's giving about seven great performances in that show, so... You know, as an Outlander fan, I really wish that Katrina Balfi was nominated. I mean, Outlander is also one of those shows that is sort of fantasy-ish-ish and is has just been really ignored, completely snubbed by the, by the Emmys. And I think her performance is great. Well, I think it's taken how many seasons of the Americans to bust in? I think mm-hmm. we're on season five this next year. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. And that's really rare. It's rare for the actors to bust in this late or the show. So it, that's doubly impressive. You know, and I think, yeah, Outlander is fun, but it's not critically acclaimed like The Americans. I think The Americans is overall a much smarter show. And so it was really shocking that it was constantly, you know, not in the Emmys because it's always on critics' top ten lists and usually in the top five. I would be happy to basically delete Robin Wright for House of Cards. <laughs> yeah. No offense. Sure. Not a problem. I love her just as a person in general. I love that she went public with the fact that they tried to pay her less than Kevin Spacey, even though the show really is kind of a two-hander between the two of them and then the rest of the ensemble. But God, that show is bad. Like, why? <laughs> why is it taking up nominations? You know, I'm really rooting for Kara Russell because I think her acting is so subtle. It, it's so layered. I, I just really love her on the show. And I'm I'm full force Carrie Russell for lead actress. And I'm checking my box for her as well, even though I also would absolutely love to see Tatiana win. Well, if I were an Emmy voter, I would have watched all these shows. <laughs> That's not true at all. Most of them don't watch anything, and they just vote for their friends. That's true. If I were an Emmy voter, I would want to be BFFs with Tatiana Maslany, so she gets my vote. Okay, and she's Canadian. Woohoo! Yeah, I really wanted Taraji to win for the first season of Empire. I don't know much about how good the second season was, but she was phenomenal in the first. So switching over to comedy, the lead actress in a comedy, we've got Julia Louis-Dreyfus for Veep who's won I don't even know how many years in a row. Newcomer, Ellie Kemper for Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I think this is also the first nomination for Tracy Ellis Ross for Blackish. Laurie Metcalf for Getting On. I think Niecy Nash has been nominated, but not Laurie Metcalf. Not uh, for this role, yeah. Yeah. Amy Schumer for Inside Amy Schumer and Lily Tomlin for Grace and Frankie. Also really, really strong. This is kind of a random category, but yes, very strong. I was 
delighted to see Tracy Ellis Ross in there. Can I say I had no idea she was Diana Ross's daughter? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> no. Until Diana Ross took out a full-page ad in Variety to congratulate her daughter for her Emmy nomination. <laughs> no idea, but she is fantastic. I love Blackish. I loved her back in the day on Girlfriends, um, one of those shows that never got nominated because it was a black show. Um, and now this is like, oh, a mainstream black show. Thank God we can nominate black people again. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and Blackish yeah. got actor, actress, series. It's a really good show. I, I, it's appointment television for me. I find it extremely funny. Um, I love that it kind of has like a throwback to true to family sitcoms of the nineties vibe while still doing the single camera really smart humor with a lot of smart editing. Uh, it's it's just got like all, it's firing on all cylinders, quite frankly. It's a great show. And plus, David Diggs of Hamilton <laughs> is doing a run on the show as her brother. Oh, that'll be great. If I had to predict, I would say this will probably be yet another trophy for Julia Louis-Dreyfus just because she's so amazing. Um... But I, f I would like to see someone else get up there, for sure. I'm rooting for Lori Metcalf because I love getting on. It's a really weird brand of comedy. Most people haven't watched it. I love it, though. <laughs> it's really awkward. It's now canceled, yeah. too. But it was canceled in that HBO way where, like, they got their last season to wrap things up. So, yeah. But this will be her last chance for that role, so... Laurie Metcalf is actually nominated for three Emmys this year. Two of them are for guest spots. So she must be nominated for playing um, Leonard's mom on, uh, on Big Bang Theory, which is a show that I, as the resident sitcom fan, defend, even though, you know, everyone with taste, quote unquote, hates it. Secretly, it's a good show. Yes, I do have taste and I do hate it. So Laurie Metcalf is nominated for Guest Actress in a Comedy for The Big Bang Theory and Guest Actress in a Drama for Horace and Pete. And I don't even know what Horace and Pete that is. That is uh, Louis C.K.'s show that he released online through his own website. I have not watched it. I've heard it's great. I have qualms about giving him my money because of the rumors that he is a perv. So... My write-in vote for this category, or my great disappointment that she's not nominated, is Rachel Bloom from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. She acts, she sings, she dances, she's the showrunner. I can't believe she's not nominated, and she won a Golden Globe. Well, usually if you win a Golden Globe, it's because you're not going to get nominated for an <laughs> Seriously, which is a bummer, because I think she's super talented and, I mean, I haven't watched Grace and Frankie, so I can't speak to that. Um, but I would I would put her instead of Lily Tomlin, probably. I quite like Grace and Frankie. I would actually put Jane Fonda before I put Lily Tomlin, just because I think she had the um, funnier role and uh, really impressed me in the last season of Grace and Frankie, which I, is not a perfect show, but I enjoy quite a lot. But, yeah, this is another stacked category, right? Like, you could sub in so many people. Like, where's Gina Rodriguez, too? Like, it's just because, whatever, the show wasn't as buzzy this year as it was the year before, so she didn't get in there. I mean, it. there's so many women doing really impressive work. Well, I'm always sad that you're the worst 
never gets Emmy nominations because it's my favorite comedy. And I love Aya Cash. I think she's amazing. And I would love to see her break into the Emmys next year. I would I would love to see her and the show be be honored next year. But I was really happy to see Master of None break in because I think Master of None is also really smart modern comedy. Yeah, so you're talking about the comedy series nominations there, which there's actually seven shows nominated and it still feels like you could throw in more. You could definitely take out Modern Family, which again, I'm not nothing against the show, but do we need to be nominating it a million years in a row? No. What What is the deal with Modern Family getting so many nominations year after year after the year? The deal with it is that the people who make Modern Family are like long-time Hollywood people with many friends, you know? Like, that's just kind of how it goes. People vote for their friends. Was Orange is the New Black in comedy back in the days when it was nominated for something? Yes. It was. Yeah, so I'm really missing that in series and actresses. I feel like that's just a glaring I feel like the flip back and forth between categories and then also the way that Netflix releases its shows really puts that show at a disadvantage. People just don't know what to do with it, and also the conversation about it lasts about a week, Yeah, and then it's done. So I, I wish I wish I had watched the most recent season more serialized, and I, I wish Netflix would consider releasing on a more traditional way. Yeah, I think, I think Netflix is doing that show a disservice by exactly what you're saying, Brandy, and I think... Having such a huge ensemble of a show confuses people for these kind of awards because they are thinking of a show and a lead actor and a supporting actor. When you have a show that's pretty much all supporting actors, I think it's confusing to the Emmy voters. And I just think it should be a drama. I think it's always been more of a drama than a comedy. You remember the dramatic moments more than the jokes. Yeah, I see that, like, I'm I'm confused. I don't even know what it would have been nominated in if it was. Yeah, I feel like Transparent also feels more like a drama to me than a comedy. It's one of those weird ones that doesn't quite fit in its category. Absolutely. I would love to see something more like Fresh Off the Boat in here, because I think that's one of the funniest shows on TV. Um, and also, I mean, I'm almost relieved it's not nominated, because I'm sick of listening to people shit on it, but this last season of Girls was fucking phenomenal. But no, this season was fantastic. I was very, very happy. So if I if I was voting out of these seven shows, I think I would vote for Blackish because I just um, think it's the most fresh. Um, Master of None I liked quite a bit too, but I feel like it was rougher. It wasn't quite like hitting the level of jokes that Blackish does, which you know this is comedy, so. I'm a fan of Silicon Valley, you guys. I really like Silicon Valley. And I really also loved Transparent this season. I loved the whole Berlin uh, flashback storyline. I thought that was really moving. What I will say about Silicon Valley is I watched season one as one of those. I'm only watching this because of the water cooler conversation the next day. I'm a naysayer. Uh, and then season two was fantastic. But then this last season was, I was so frustrated because I just felt like every single episode, the last 30 seconds of it would erase every story bit that had happened just for the sake of a joke rather than like 
actually moving the story forward. That kind of changed in the last couple episodes, but I just feel like I want that show to be braver and like actually push the characters and the storyline forward rather than just being a spoof all the time and like actually show what would happen to these people, whether they succeed or don't succeed, just stop being in this lukewarm place in the middle. Yeah, I don't watch that show because I don't like dick jokes that much. So, um, <laughs> I don't mind a dick joke. <laughs> Silicon Valley is in the same bucket as Ballers for me. Uh, oh, I'm it's sure way it's better than Ballers. My vote's transparent for because I think it is just the best storytelling. Veep has won so many times. Veep is the best comedy. It's the best comedy written, period, uh, on TV right now. But uh, I haven't watched Blackish. Uh, I, I did really love Master of Dawn, but I think you're right. It needs another season to get that comedy series title. So I'm going transparent on this one. I honestly do think that with the the rise of the half hour and hour dramedy and all of the different kinds of shows, the Emmys are just going to keep getting more ridiculous. And they, I want to say that the, they need new categories, but I don't think they're ever actually going to do that. So I think this is just going to be the same conversation every year. Like, so-and-so is nominated for what? Sure. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk about drama series. We all think, you know, Downton Abbey should win, obviously, but if it doesn't win... Well, I think Game of Thrones is the best drama on TV. Consistently, season after season, it's what people are talking about, writing about, recording podcasts about the most. Shows just discussing the show. I mean, there's so much conversation about Game of Thrones, and to me, that's always a big part of, like, is this show good? Does this show inspire conversation? And that's why Mad Men was such a standout show for me because the conversation around it was so interesting. Yeah, I think the most recent season of Game of Thrones was really great. Uh, a season that I loved in a show that has frustrated me for several seasons and this past season and especially really centering the stories of the women in the series was great. Just, just gave it a really kind of fresh feeling but you know I'd also want to consider something like Mr. Robot you know speaking of fresh feeling or not so fresh feeling I don't I don't know <laughs> um, <laughs> this is show give you that not so it gives fresh me feeling. that not so fresh feeling <laughs> but Mr. Robot and you know I love Better Call Saul and I think that was a really tough thing to do <laughs> to create this spinoff with Bob Odenkirk but I have really loved the show it's so different in tone from Breaking Bad and uh, I think that it has been uh, a success and it's definitely one of my favorites. I, I would not vote for Mr. Robot which I'm also still watching and I, I just feel like I have so many issues with that show even the things it does well are really uh, impressive I agree but then you know it's just so self-serious. And then a certain female character that ended up dead in the trunk of a car, like, that I just like that ruined the season yeah. for me. Uh, so I, I would not be able to cast my vote for that. I probably would vote for Game of Thrones or The Americans. Supporting actress for a drama series, we already talked about Maggie Smith not really needing her slot, although we, of course, worship her. Uh, it's hard to pick someone from Game of Thrones. They picked three, and I still feel like you could definitely um, sub someone else in besides Lena Headey, Amelia Clark, and Maisie Williams. Although props to Maisie Williams. I'm pretty excited for her that she's nominated for an Emmy. She had a lot to do this season, and I think she was really great. I mean, how do I choose between two of my best badass bitches villains? I've got Cersei 
And then we've got Constance Zimmer from Unreal. I mean, they both know how to cut a bitch down. <laughs> Actually, Constance Zimmer is my pick. I'm going to step yeah. out there and say that's who I would love to win. She's really phenomenal on Unreal. Even though this last season was bonkers and dumb, yeah. she's but still Yeah, but this is a season one nomination, and she was, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm completely supportive of the nomination. I know you also like Maura Tierney a lot, who, for The Affair, is in that sixth mm-hmm. slot. I don't watch The Affair, but I love her in general. I gotta say, though, this category is hard for me because I really want Sophie Turner in here. Like, if we're talking Game of Thrones roles, I feel like this was Sansa Stark's year. She needs to be in there. Yeah. More so than Daenerys, I agree. I would have swapped out Amelia Clark for Sophie Turner, for sure. Yeah, Maura Tierney is amazing on The Affair. She's pretty much the reason to watch it. And uh, But... I don't know, guys. I can't turn my way to Cersei. <laughs> I gotta give her You know what? She'll tell you she appreciates it, but she'll cut you down anyway. It would be an honor to be cut down by Cersei Lannister. <laughs> what about you, Brandy? Oh, if I have to pick from who's actually nominated, I think, yeah, I would vote for Cersei. I, would. I mean, just for giving us the sipping wine gif alone <laughs> that we're going to have for the rest of time. Yeah, and I, God, I, I don't think, I don't know how much we're going to go into some of the directing and writing categories, but that finale's got to win for Best Direction. Switching gears to comedy, we're going back and forth, we're laughing, we're crying. Okay, we got Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series, Niecy Nash, Getting On, love her. Um, two for Transparent, Judith Light and Gabby Hoffman. Anna Chomsky and Veep, who I feel like is the weakest part of the show. And then we've got, you know, Alice and Janney on Mom. And Kate McKinnon for Saturday Night Live. But can I just vote for her for Ghostbusters? Because she was so good at I love seeing women for Saturday Night Live and, like, Amy Schumer or whatever. I I love seeing them get in here for that kind of comedy. But I feel like it's really hard to compare. I mean, who's doing better work? The people on Transparent or the people on Saturday Night Live? I don't feel like they're doing the same thing. It's tough for me. I think Niecy Nash is going to get my vote, but Judith Light is a close second for me. I'm going to do a write-in of Sarah Paulson for everything she did this year, and I don't care if it's not the right category for it. (laughs) I'm just putting her in there. Was she in a comedy this year? She's probably in a comedy this year. Uh, Who knows? Uh, No. (laughs) She was in American Horror Story, and she was in People vs. O.J. Simpson, nominated for both. Yeah, which she is nominated for, and if we could talk about that category for a second... Because the category of lead actress in a limited series, out of all of these categories, might be the most stacked. That is just crazy. Uh, because it's her for the People versus O.J. Simpson, which I feel like I have to vote for that. And yet, before that aired, I felt like I had to vote for Kristen Dunst in Fargo, also nominated. I've heard nothing but amazing things about everyone else in the category, too, including Felicity Huffman and Lily Taylor, both for American Crime. Audra frickin' McDonald for Lady Day at Emerson's Bar and Grill, and then Carrie Washington for Confirmation. I mean, these are all, like, incredible movie star caliber actresses who found these roles on TV because there are better roles for women on TV. And it's just, it's ridiculous to look at how stacked this category is. That's why I want to write Sarah Paulson in for some other category. (laughs) Because she's only nominated for two Emmys so far, and I think she should just get written in for a third. Because she needs an Emmy. The woman needs an Emmy. Has she really number one an Emmy before? 
No, she's never won an Emmy. She's been nominated six times. All right, we'll write her into all the categories. Best casting, Sarah Paulson. Best stunts, Sarah Paulson. Best hair, Sarah Paulson. Well, Orange is the New Black is under casting, so maybe maybe they could win that one, if nothing else. <laughs> I'm saying perhaps she did the casting for Orange is the New Black. <laughs> That's how talented she is. Oh. I want to talk very quickly about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, so I'm annoyed that Rachel Bloom was not nominated. So what was nominated for that show was Best Choreography and Best Original Music and Lyrics, which are both, you know, very good nominations for them. But considering they do that two or three times every single show, I feel like there should be more. Well, it's one of those things where they could basically just be nominated against themselves in the entire category. It's insane how much work goes into a single episode of that show. I don't understand how they're going to do another 22 episode season just from sheer, like, how do you have time? How do you have time to be producing an episode of that show with all the songs, with everything they do, and you only have a couple weeks for each episode? Yeah. It's really impressive. The other glaring error I want to mention is the fact that BoJack Horseman was not nominated for anything. Not even animated show. That That is a travesty. I mean, I know there are a lot of good animated shows on these days. They had to make the whole category for it, you know? But BoJack, it could have been just flat out in the comedy category. I think it's a better show than uh, maybe four or five of those comedies that were nominated. With all due respect to the legendary Simpsons and the legendary South Park, do they really need to be nominated? I mean, they've both been on for how many seasons now? Shouldn't we make some room? Yeah, and it's also really weird to me to see, like, the other nominations are Archer, Bob's Burgers, Phineas and Ferb, and Last Day of Summer. Last Day of Summer, I don't even know what it is. I assume it's a kid's show like Phineas and Ferb. This is a weird way to categorize something again, because... An animated kids comedy and something like Bob's Burgers uh, or something like South Park. Those three different complete genres that all just happen to have animation as the medium that they're using. Right. Instead of just putting it in a comedy, some are live, some are animated. Here's a little bright and shining light. There is a category for outstanding narrator. I kid you not. And Anthony Mendez from Jane the Virgin is nominated. Do you feel like just every other narrator in town just has to be depressed? Because that has to win. That's right about Jane the Virgin sometimes is the narration. It's brilliant. So that made me very happy. That's awesome. Is David Attenborough nominated for that? Because he's my... He's my favorite narrator ever. As is Lawrence Fishburne, who narrated Roots. Well, you know, we love the Golden Globes because they're a little bit more eclectic in their taste. You know, I think we're grumbling about some of these legacy nominations. And it's like, just let Modern Family drift off and Homeland and House of Cards. But the Emmys are a little bit more stodgy and they just have to do that. So, you know, I think we'll get all of our favorites in the Golden Globes. And the, and, and the Oscars, who cares about the Oscars? I mean, we won't even do a whole podcast about the Oscars because it's going to be like, <laughs> I don't know what came out this year that wasn't a sequel. So, As someone who lives in L.A., I just want to give a side note about, um, you know, when, when they start doing those weird categories and it's time to get a snack in the middle. Like, that's the exciting time for the city because that's when all your friends are nominated. <laughs> 
<laughs> and you see these campaigns where you're just like, really? Like there's in the in the lobby of the building I work in, there's one of these screens that has like a series of different ads on it while you're waiting for the elevator. And then one the other day was consider Amazon, be brave and vote for Man in the High Castle for best production design. And I'm like, is this a for your consideration campaign for like one weird show on Amazon that most people have not watched for their production design? Yes, it is. Because this is LA and that's what we do. I think that's great. But I love all the sort of industry awards, you know, the, not the, the, the below the line awards. Yes, when you see people get up there in their off-the-rack gowns and give like really, truly meaningful speeches about their life's work. I love that too. I'm, I poke fun at it because it's amazing as well. So obviously we've only talked about a few categories here. There's a ton of stuff to talk about. Did you know that men act in these things too? I don't... What? Who cares about men? Who cares? Yeah, exactly. Um, except for Keegan-Michael Key, I hope you win. We love you. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we will be live tweeting and you can, I'm sure, hear many more of our opinions about every category as they go along on the actual day of the Emmys, September 18th. And we hope you will join us. One of us will certainly take over the regular feed and then we will also be on our independent feeds as well. So follow us all and get ready for a night of champagne and sparkles and opinions. So aside from the Emmys, there are some really exciting projects coming up in the next several months. There's going to be a series based on the Margaret Atwood book, Handmaid's Tale, starring, Elizabeth yes, Elizabeth Boss. Boss, our own Peggy Olson. Yes, and Margaret Atwood herself is only consulting on the scripts, but she has said in interviews I've read with her that they are great. A lot of her stuff is getting adapted right now. Um, they're also doing um, Alias Grace. And then she's also in development, her Orcs and Craig Matt Adams series in, at HBO with Darren Aronofsky. Although it's been in development. Classic HBO. It's been in development for a while. Yeah, classic Darren Aronofsky too, so... It'll probably it'll probably come around. That, the Mad Adam series is a tough one to adapt into into film because where do you start and who do you start with? It's very layered. But I'm really excited for Handmaid's Tale. Um, I remember reading it when I was a freshman in high school, and it really cemented my view as a feminist, and it changed me as a person. And I'm so excited. And of course, Peggy Olson forever. So. All right, what else are you guys excited about? Well, new season of Transparent coming up in September. Uh, the trailer looks amazing. Uh, also, Ava DuVernay's show Queen Sugar starts in September. This is the one about uh, sisters who inherit a sugar plantation, I believe. But then the other amazing thing, besides it being Ava DuVernay making a show that Oprah is producing is that all of the directors for the show are women. She specifically only hired women to direct it. Um, and because the way things work in Hollywood is once you have one credit, that helps you get more credits. I, I read an article the other day that was talking about the next thing that some of those women are doing and how she really is creating a pool of talent that will that people have no excuse not to hire for something else, basically. I'm also really excited for You're the Worst coming out at the end of August because it's awesome. I'm personally very excited that the amazing Danish series Borgen is now available on iTunes. 
Um, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's about the first female prime minister in Denmark. It is such a good series. Yeah. And uh, it's amazing. It is now available legally <laughs> in America. Yeah, you used to have to kind of like wait until a PBS station was maybe going to show it. it. That's that's fantastic that you can just buy it and you should. And you should. It is wonderful. Um, and then looking like farther ahead, the trailer for Wonder Woman looks pretty good, guys. Oh, I yeah. was pretty excited about that. This has been, other than Ghostbusters, this has been such a lackluster, not just summer, but like most of the year has been lackluster for me. I would say before Ghostbusters, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies was the best movie I've seen this year. Oh, that was such a good movie. <laughs> so good. Um, and those would make a great double feature, actually. Uh, the trailer also looks great for Hidden Figures, which is about a group of African-American women who were mathematicians at NASA. Uh, true story, finally being told. The three actresses who are in that, it's what, Octavia Spencer, Janelle Monae, and Taraji P. Henson. Also, Kristen, Kristen Dunst is in the film, Jim Parsons, Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner? No way! <laughs> yes, Kevin Costner! He plays the skeptical white guy. Oh, my God. The role he was always born to play. He's, he is just so hot right now. You know, a new actor on the scene. Stop. I like Kevin Costner. I like Stop. him, too. <laughs> all right. And on that note, uh, I want to thank you all for joining us for this edition of Downton Gabby, Life After Downton Gabby, our special Emmys preview. Join us for live tweeting the Emmys on September 18th. Order one of our downton gabby drinking companion glasses so you can drink with us while watching the emmys uh, you can find that at downtongabby.tumblr.com just click on buy you can also find all our podcasts at downtongabby.tumblr.com or on facebook at downton gabby or on twitter at downton gabby thanks again bye she's a actress 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 Actress, 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 actress,